Thank you for listening to the Movement Group podcast from Movement Church in Hilliard, Ohio. This podcast is intended to help encourage you as a group leader by hearing from other leaders who are right in the trenches with you. Each month, we will hear about the wins, struggles, and tensions each leader goes through while focusing on one leadership principle that leaders can grow in and apply. If you have any follow-up questions about what you hear today, email us at info at movementcolumbus.com. Hey everybody, this is Josh Howard, your communication and arts pastor here at Movement Church, and we are here with our first Movement Group's podcast of 2016. I'm really excited about this. This is just to give me an awesome time, uh, hopefully for you guys, to just be encouraged from different Movement Group leaders and to just learn some new things about how to better lead your group. So we're here with uh, Sarah Nepper. She's our first guest ever. Hello. How are you doing? Good. I'm feeling good. Good. So we're here in our office. Man, I love this place. Our office is just a fun um, new place that we've had in the last year where we have a practice space and whatnot. But we're here in Jeremy Nolan's office. We just took over this office and uh, we got some mics in here and it's a little bit hot, but you know we're uh, we're just going with it. So hopefully um, this won't be awkward or anything. You know we were just joking about how we could potentially make this awkward, but we're just gonna have fun with this, and hopefully you guys will get something out of it. But um, Sarah, tell me about yourself. You know, for all those movement group leaders out there who know you, but for maybe the person who doesn't know you. All right, I'll give you the short version, I guess. Um, my name is Sarah. And um, I am part of the teaching and research team here at Movement Church. I've been with Movement from the beginning, um, moved to Columbus actually to be part of Movement. Um, so when I first moved here, I was living in a family's basement and working at the Gap at the Tuttle Mall. It was pretty exciting. It's every 26-year-old's dream to be living in someone's basement. The only thing I've ever bought from Gap is a velvet blazer. So just picture that. Why would you ever need a velvet blazer, Josh It was on Howard? sale, and it just spoke to me. Just because it was on sale, you bought a velvet blazer? Isn't that what sales are for? I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah, well, Do you still have it? Um, maybe I'll wear it one Sunday. I, I hope you don't. I'm going to call your <laughs> wife and make sure that you've gotten rid of it. That's well, terrible. That's my only memory of Gap. I haven't been there since. Well, you're not really missing out on too much, I don't think. Anyways, um... So been involved with movement from the beginning, and it's been awesome to watch it grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been leading a movement group from the very beginning. Um, so I've gotten to see lots of different groups with different people, kind of the good and the bad and the crazy all wrapped up in there. Um, my job now, I don't work at The Gap anymore. I'm a high school Bible teacher at Worthington Christian High School and have a bunch of different responsibilities there. So um, it's challenging sometimes to balance kind of all the parts of my life um but i feel really blessed by the people that god has put in my life in kind of all different areas i feel like i'm surrounded by this really great family here in Mm -hmm. columbus so that's awesome i love it here and i'm excited to get to be part of kind of this new phase as we're growing as a church and to see what's going to happen with groups i think this is going to be a really good year of growth for us so First of all, I have to say that it is a little bit weird. I get taken back every time that you're a teacher at the school that I graduated from. It is. WC. You know, yeah. You, you see a glimpse of my world of what it was, but probably hasn't changed much. Since. Well, the building certainly hasn't changed. I teach in an old church basement with bugs. So it's. Bugs. Yeah, gross down there, but 
That's awesome. But yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, so Sarah has been in charge of movement groups since the beginning. Um, she's worked so hard to get the foundation set and just there's a lot of great things that are happening. And and now that I'm full time with this new role, um, I'm just taking more of the logistical side of things. But she Sarah's still very much involved and in helping out. And I respect you a lot and lean on you for so many things. But um, with with knowing our group structure and everything, you know that we always have a getting to know you section. Right. And so one of the things that we do in our group, um, in the Howard group, we always do the hot seat. And that's when you take five to ten minutes and you put someone in the hot seat. You can ask them any question that you want to and they, they feel the heat, right? So uh, one of the questions, my favorite question I always go to is this question. Would you rather have elbow, not have any elbows or not have any knees? I mean, think about it first, you know, and I want to know why. Like, would you rather have elbows or knees? Okay. Um, I think it's very strange that this is like your go-to question. It's just really, it tells a lot about a person. Yeah. I would like to see kind of your, what you've discovered about people in general based on this question. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm nervous to see which category I fit into. I think that I would rather have no elbows for a couple of reasons. Since I work in a basement, if you've ever tried to go down steps without bending your knees, it's like impossible. It's true. So it's to true. get to my classroom, I would have to like roll down the steps every day, which would be pretty painful, I think. Um, also, I like to run and if trying to run without any knees would also be pretty awkward. Running with no elbows would be entertaining, mm -hmm. but possible. It would still be possible. You would just look like the awkward kid running around the playground. Yeah. But you could still do it. So I would say no elbows. I would like to and keep that just, my knees. That just communicates to me where your priorities are because I also know that you love coffee. And just trying to drink coffee without having any elbows, you're going to burn your face. I could, drink <laughs> I could drink coffee with a straw, though. I could drink coffee with a straw. That's, I mean, how long is your arm? Like two and a half feet? Maybe? I would just, no, I would have to That's put a really it, like, long in straw. <laughs> I could set it in front of me. I could set it on the table in front of me and just lean to it. All right. It would mean that I could never brush my hair ever again, though. So, so the selfie that we just took beforehand—it's the last good the, picture of me ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to go with dreadlocks from here on out. So, oh man, it's oh man, be nasty. Next question: Favorite part of this time of year? It's fall. You know, there's pumpkin spice oh. lattes out there. It's sweater weather. What do you like about this time of year? Um, I think my favorite thing is. Getting to go to sporting events, it's one of the things I really like about working at a high school is that there's always some sort of sporting event. So soccer games or football games or whatever, and getting to sit outside with my coffee and in my sweatshirt and not feeling like I'm dying in the heat of the day, which has been everyone's life for the last few months, yeah, especially here in Columbus. It's been so miserable. Um, I also really love fires not in a pyrotechnic kind of way but i like you had like a crazy glimmer in your eyes yeah you well that. i you know i like fire i can't help it i just really like fire so i like being at bonfires or having a fire in my apartment in the fireplace not just mm -hmm. in general. not just in general yeah. okay, so i like good. that a lot too i like that it's cool enough that we can do those things that's great mm -hmm. all right last question this kind of transitions us into uh groups and just more about that but why are you a movement group leader? You've been a group leader since the beginning. Maybe you've been a group leader at other places besides movement, but what excites you and draws you into wanting to be a movement group leader? 
when I think about the way that my faith has really grown, like from the time that I was a teenager until now, um, the most important thing in my life has been the relationships that I've had, the people who have invested in me. Um, and sometimes those are people who have been older than me, like mentors who have really like said the hard things and said the encouraging things. But sometimes it's just been other people who are like in the same spot that I'm in, um, people that you're like living life together with. Uh, and so knowing that that has been so important in my life, that having people who have taken the time to invest those things in me, um, I want to be someone who is continually involved in that. So getting to be someone who facilitates people gathering together and um, talking about the things that really matter. And even, you know, as someone who leads a group, the benefit that I get from just getting to be around people that maybe I, I wouldn't normally, you know, spend an evening with once a week um, and having those people in my home and getting to spend time together talking about things that really matter, but also just, you know, talking about things that are happening in our lives, things that, you know, things that are funny or things that um, have been difficult about the last week. I, I like that a lot. Um, and there is something that is really life-giving to me as I'm at our church every Sunday, you know, kind of standing in the back or standing around the edges both before and after the service is over. And as I'm, I just like to watch the people that kind of connect with each other and are having conversations. And when I can recognize like those two people are hanging out after service and having a good time together. And the reason that I know that they know each other is because they're in a movement group together. To me, that is such a cool thing. Like the way that relationships develop and flourish because mm -hmm. people have ended up in the same movement group is is one of the best things I think about these groups. So I, I love all of that. I think that groups are one of the best ways to see people come together as a family and dig more deeply into their faith together. So for all of those reasons, I can't imagine not being connected to a group. I can't imagine not investing in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And Groups have started uh, this last week here in September. First groups of 2016 for the fall. How's your group going? What do you? How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling good. You know, our group went through that. Um, it's not awkward, but the kind of like uh, at the end of last year, our group um, <clears throat> didn't multiply, but we had a few people that left because they're apprenticing in other places. So our group lost some of its key members. Um, and so we're in that spot where we're still trying to like build who our group is going to be this year, you know, getting new people involved. Um, so I think we still have a ways to go in that, but we had a really good time on Sunday. Um, like everyone is catching up and talking about what you did over the summer and what God's been doing. And, um, I was talking to my group a little bit just about like my life has felt a little bit crazy in the last few weeks. So talking about some of the challenges that I've been going through and and just getting to like share those things with these people that are um, have, have become really close to me over the last you know few months. Um, so it was a good first gathering like I, we stayed much longer than we typically would stay. That's awesome. And I think that that's in my mind that's that shows the the health of a group in a lot of ways when people just want to keep staying and hanging out and talking. So I'm excited. I, you know, we have, like I said, I think we have areas to grow in, but I, uh, we had a good start and I can't wait 
for Sunday for us to be together again. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're going to transition here, and we're going to just talk about now, for the rest of the time, this month's topic. And this month's topic is how to prepare for and lead a group discussion guide effectively. You know, I, I love our format for groups and, you know, how we have our discussions kind of mapped out around and go along with our series each Sunday. But I think there's a struggle with leaders um, within our guide of just like how to get the, the group off the ground with conversation and, and how to effectively use it. And so um, we just want to be able to better help um, our group leaders grow in that and how they can, you know, adapt to the room and where the room is going and where discussions are going. And I think there, honestly, there are struggles that group leaders face. Like, you know, some people will send out the group, will send out the guide, you know, three or four days before, but it's like the last half hour before group starts and they wait till the last minute to look over the guide and they feel rushed and unprepared because life just happened and they forgot about it, which is fine. You know, that happens, life happens, but, and then there's sometimes where we just wing it, you know, we got all the answers, right? So there's nothing to prepare for all the answers there. And then you realize that the answers, you know, directly answer the question, but don't provide further dialogue. Um, there's also, you know, people don't, might not know what to do with, uh, conversations that go outside of the outline, you know, with outside of the conversation. Um, so what, how, like, I was prepared for this study guide, but someone's now talking about predestination and we were talking about the fall. So like, how do I go from that to that? Um, and those are actually pretty deep topics anyway. Right. Which <laughs> if your hope- group is there, that's incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Call us. Um, I would like to ask you some questions. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, lastly, I think people also struggle, you know, if there are, if, if the answers are there, you know, why do I need to prepare or how do I prepare with the questions already being there? Like, what else would I need to do? Right. So, like, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, or know any other struggles or maybe any struggles that you face with those? Sure. Um, I, Josh and I were talking about this We were, just before we started and um, it, there. I have for a long time, uh, really until even just this fall, have been the one who have I've written a lot of these guides. So um, I have maybe a different perspective on this because it doesn't ever happen that I open the guide and think, oh, what's it going to say this week? I know if you're not prepared for something that you've written. Right. It's pretty bad if I'm able to not be prepared when I put it together. Um, But I can relate to this even just from like a classroom teacher perspective. I've taught the same class now for five years. And so you do get into the habit of like, I know what this next lesson is going to be about. And so I can show up on a Thursday morning having not really put any thought into the lesson. And I can recognize the difference between when I do put some thought into it and prepare and when I don't. So to speak directly to what happens in our movement groups, um, we put these guides together. And if you've been around for a while, you've heard us say this. We put them together because we don't want anyone to be afraid of leading a group because they're concerned that they don't know enough about the Bible to be able to lead a conversation. So that's why we want to put this tool into people's hands. But um, we, what we don't want to do is to give you something that is such a crutch that then you, like Josh was saying, that you just show up and you say, well, you know, I'm reading this as I haven't even looked at it at all until we're sitting around my coffee table having this conversation. And the reason that we want you to put some thought into it ahead of time is um, while we are giving you kind of the basics of what the answers to those questions could be, there are lots of other things that could be said about these questions that we have or these topics that we give. So um, the the 
first part of every discussion guide has scripture that you're going to read together and uh, the answers, so to speak, of, of what that passage is about. But we also recognize that as a movement group leader, you're someone who has been sitting through the messages every Sunday. You're someone who's been a part of, you know, the conversations that are happening during and after church. Um, and you're someone who is who is filled with the Spirit of God. So while we want to give direction and kind of like an insight into here's why we want you to read this and what we think you could discuss about it, we also don't want to micromanage everything that happens. And so since you know your group and you know the kind of things that the people in your group are thinking about and maybe are wrestling with, it is so beneficial if you have looked those things over ahead of time and truthfully even really prayed through those things and prayed about, okay, God, what is it that you are going to want our group to really focus on this next week? Um, which of these passages is going to be really important? And is there anything here that you would like to say to the members of my group that isn't written on mm -hmm. this piece of paper that you would like to communicate That's through good. me? Um Instead of just seeing this as a, a cookie cutter kind of thing that fits the same in all of our groups around yeah. the city, which we know isn't true because all of our groups have different kinds of people in it, right? So yeah, and that's and let me just, I'll just cut you off for a second there. Like that's stepping into this new role and, and now having seen the thirteen groups that are out there now. It's like while there is the context is everything. Like there's so many different contexts, so many different styles right. and. And even though that this is the framework that we want people to follow, it's really cool to see how different people apply that right. based on the people that are in the group. Right, right. So, you know, if your group is full of a bunch of married couples that have young kids, the things that you may draw out of a passage are going to be really different than a group that's full of, you know, a bunch of uh, people who aren't married at all or people who are maybe a, a little bit older. Um, not that the truth of Scripture changes, but the lens that we use to read those mm -hmm. things is different depending on the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And God's truth is applicable no matter where no matter where we are. But as leaders, it's our responsibility to really ask the Lord, how do you want to apply this to my people? Um, and the beautiful thing about knowing that we all have the same spirit is knowing that the spirit of God who lives inside of the rest of the members of your group, is able to communicate things to you maybe that you wouldn't have even known otherwise, right? Mm -hmm. So not in kind of a spooky sort of way, but um, he may honestly give you some sort of insight, like, I really want you to focus on this idea. You know, I really want you to spend some extra time um, allowing your group to think about this or to talk about this one particular topic. And, and he may let you know that even though you're not really sure why, you know, he wants so you. So you're saying that it's okay for there to be silence in a room. I am saying that. That's which a whole nother discussion. Some topic. of us really hate. Yeah. Um, being willing to just kind of like let, let it sit for a minute. Um, and, and again, I think when you spend some time preparing ahead of time, and asking God to lead you in that, but also knowing the guide well enough and knowing where you want to go well enough that you're able to manage your time. I think when we don't prepare ahead of time, we're not able to do that very well because we're not, sh we haven't thought about how long might it take to answer this question? How long might it take to answer this question? Um, if you haven't looked ahead, you may not recognize oh, there's an application question here that I really want our group to get to. Mm -hmm. And so then you don't manage your time well enough and you end up not being able to address a question that could have been really pertinent for your people. So Yeah, and I think 
and I'm kind of going to go out of order here, um, but I think this kind of takes pressure off of people who think they have to be a scholar or a theo- theologian to talk about this. Sure. Because I think what you, I think what I hear in, I'm hearing you say is that you know we talk about how people are in need to know, need to grow moments, and I think that you know we we always talk about like exegeting the scripture, you know, like knowing what the scripture really says. But I think like you know if we use that same term like exegeting your group or like knowing your group, like I think that um, one of the best leader, some of the best leaders out there, are the people who know their group and know where they're at, and I think that helps develop how you lead and how you ask questions that is more of just like moderating or just like guiding the room into conversation without having to provide all the answers. So um, talk about that. Like talk about like need to know, need to grow moments like and, and how that supports our goal for message-based groups. Sure. That's um, an idea that we stole from somebody else. All the best ideas are stolen. Larry Osborne. Thank you, Larry Osborne. If you ever listen to this, we think that you're great. And um, we're referring to Sticky Church. Shout out to Sticky Church. Yeah, it's you should read that book. It's amazing. It is well worth reading. Um, but uh, I have he- heard Larry Osborne speak, and he- I've heard him use this phrase often. Uh, they have just a lot of people involved in small groups at their church, and so people are always asking him, like, what what's the secret, you know? And... Um, he really clings to the idea that the secret to their groups is they are committed to making them need to grow, need to know kind of spaces. So the idea behind that is um, we can expose people to truth on a regular basis through our Sunday morning messages, through our small group discussions. But until I'm in a situation where I really need to know if something is true or, or what that truth is, or I'm in a situation where I really need to grow, that that truth isn't really relevant to me. It's relevant, but not in a way that I'm actually living it out. And so the, the goal behind our groups is that we're creating these communities so that when people find themselves in these need to know, need to grow moments, and to be honest, they're usually moments of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Everything's falling apart. You've lost your job. Things are bad in your marriage. Um, you've gotten into a car accident and had a concussion, right? Like who did that? Recently? That happened to me, and it was bad. Don't text and drive. You could cause an accident. But you weren't texting and driving. I wasn't texting and driving, but a high school kid was. Um, so, anyway, subject. That's right. When you find yourself in these moments, what we want is that our movement groups have become these safe havens where I know that the members of my movement group will help me navigate these need-to-know, need-to-grow moments. So, like you said, it's not about, are you a movement group leader who who knows everything that there is to know about Scripture? No, none of us are. Um, but are you a movement group leader who has sh- clearly shown your people that you care about them enough to really know them and love them and pray for them? Because if that's what you're doing then you are creating the kind of group that we want to see at Movement. So it has less, you know, we want you to use the guide because we elevate Scripture and Scripture is important and we want people to dig into Scripture. But your role in that is simply being the kind of person who is connecting people to the love of Jesus. That's what we're asking you to do. Um, And so if that's something that you can be committed to, you will find that I think that 
I mean, I guess I can't make this guarantee, but I think that you will find that your group is growing. Um, if you're a movement group leader who who doesn't take the time to pray for your people, mm. don't be surprised if you find that your group is difficult. Um, yeah. Prayer is so important. And as a movement group leader, I can say that I have had seasons where I've been really great at that and seasons where I haven't been awesome at it. And I think I can... S- Maybe other people looking at my group don't see the difference, but I I know the difference, right? Like when I'm taking the time to really pray for my people and ask that God would work in their lives and also give Mm -hmm. me the opportunity to speak truth into their lives and to know them deeply and to help me love them more, I see the difference in the way that I'm able to relate to my people and to lead them well. Um, and that I mean that's the game changer that that yeah. changes everything. And I and I think that like even way before we get to the fundamentals or the the practical steps of just preparing for a study guide or preparing for a discussion is like if you aren't doing these things it's like you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. Right. You're, you're making you're spinning your wheels in, right. in a sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, and I love to you know another thing that Larry Osborne says is that like these message-based groups um, really help Velcro people to two things, and that's the Bible and to other Christians of the community. So that, you know, knowing that not every single discussion is going to be a home run because they're not, and sometimes they're just going to be like, well, what did we just talk about? Or sometimes I'm like, what what are we talking about here again? Like, how do we get on this topic? But, like, uh, you know, I think over time what you're going to see, especially with people in my group I've seen from the beginning, like people, like, don't know how to respond or don't know you know, are afraid to talk, but, um, you help them to understand, like, in a certain situation that I'm facing, that I might be struggling, like, they're going to learn to cling to scripture mm-hmm. outside of group. They're going to learn to cling to community. And, um, I, th- I just think that's a really important thing. Um, so yeah, we still haven't really answered the question of like, how can we prepare for this? But like, sure. this is, I think this is just like the, I don't know, just the foundational a foundational truth of just like where is your group at you need to know them you need to know where how they need to grow and that i think that also just helps shape how you ask the questions because i think if you know where your group is at and you read a question like you might be able to even answer it for them right and if you know how to answer it for them then like you're going to know how to de- lead the discussion right so you know even thinking <clears throat> Like, what does it look like to prepare the guide, even though you may you may listen to this and say, you know, you're not talking about the guide at all. Right. But until you know your people, like you just said, I mean, that that absolutely is the first step Mm -hmm. um, in preparing in preparing for the discussion, because if you don't know who you're talking to, if you don't know your audience, you can't communicate. And that's true in whatever realm you're in. Right. No matter what your job is whether you sell something or, you know, you work in a, in an office or you're a teacher or whatever your job is, you know that it's really important to know who your audience is, who who your who your consumer is, who you're selling to or whatever. Yeah. And the same is true in our groups. Um, and so I think and again, I put myself in these shoes. I think for some of us the reason that we're struggling is not because we don't know how to prepare. The prepare the guide the reason that we're struggling is because we're not doing enough relational investment on the front Mm, end it's big um and if we could do that first then the guide would begin to fall into place a little bit more cleanly i think um and and then i guess from there i would say once you have really started to know your people and to pray through the guide to ask the lord you know where do you want this to go um 
I think that there's real freedom in knowing that you should feel comfortable saying, I don't know mm-hmm. if a discussion goes in a direction that you simply haven't prepared for. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, you mentioned that at the beginning, that that makes some of us nervous. What if we're talking about this question and someone brings up this other topic, which leads to another topic, which leads to another topic. And now we're talking about, you know, global warming and transgender yeah. issues and the election. And, yeah. you know, what What am I supposed to say? I represent movement church. You know, I, how, what am I supposed to say in all of these things? It's okay for you to say, like, I'm not really sure what the best answer here is. Um, and in that even, I think you give this great picture to your group that being a Christ follower and even being a leader mm-hmm. as a Christ follower doesn't mean that you have all of the answers. Yeah. We would never want any of our people to think that. Um, and I, and in my case too, like uh, we've had questions like that come up and, or I don't know. And it's like, and I just reflect it back onto them. I'm like, Hey guys, let's, let's research this this next week and let's come back and talk about it right, next week. You know? Right. It gives you a great opportunity to make your group something that isn't just for a couple of hours, one night a week, but to be something that has a thread that that draws it all the way through the week so that then when you're getting back together, you're not just starting all over again, but you're saying like, you know, are we thinking about the things that we talked about last week? Have yeah. we have we really considered the fact that this group is about more than just what happens on a Sunday night or on a Thursday night, but that this group is about something that impacts my life on a day-to-day basis you know uh, how how my relationship with the lord isn't just a sunday morning thing it's an all the time kind of thing questions like that can really help people to start to connect those dots i think through the week that's awesome so okay so let's say we have a listener who's like yeah i'm really good at that like i love building relationships and i could take everyone out to coffee every single week and be great and i know everyone and i know my group is that but when i look at this guide i don't know how to prepare for it so like, could you give some advice or some practical steps of, since you have written them in the past, like, what are some ways that people can read through the guide and, like, maybe they're taking notes, maybe, like, how can they study it and know even more con- context of the Sure. Um, maybe this goes without saying, so I'm not trying to insult anyone's intelligence, but, uh, like we mentioned, the first part of the guide, after you do some icebreaker questions, the first part of the guide always list scripture that we want you to read. It would be good for you to read that scripture ahead yeah, of time. Yeah. Um, and I think that particularly if it's a, a passage that it were, some of us are familiar with, you know, it's like, oh, read John 3. I kind of know what's in John 3, right? There's some famous mm-hmm. verses in there that we think we don't really need to look it over. Um, but to take the time to really read through that, and especially if you have... Um, a Bible that you, you know, like a good study Bible, or even if you're using the Bible app, it has some good things on there Mm -hmm. to read, you know, read the study notes, look at the cross references. Um, Again, don't just take the few sentences that are included on the guide and think this is all that I need to know about this passage. The guide typically boils it down and gives you some like really basic kind of skeletal information. Don't be afraid to read those things on your own. And again, we're not saying you have to do hours of research every week, mm-hmm. but particularly if that's an area that that you know, like, ah, I feel a little bit nervous when we're reading through scripture together, take the initiative to read that on your own and, and get an understanding of what's really going on here. Um, I would say the other thing that could be helpful in that regard is um, 
even just to go back to like movement's website and to look over what have the topics of this, the messages been for the last few weeks. If you want to really go all in, I mean, you could listen to them all again mm-hmm. um, because they are recorded for you. But I, I don't know that that's necessary. If you were there and you heard it and you've taken notes on a Sunday morning, which might be helpful to you as a movement mm-hmm. group leader to be taking notes during the service so that you can reflect back on those. Um, but just being able to go back and look at like what were the messages yeah. called, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it is still a good resource for people if you didn't actually. Right. End if you up had to there. miss a week or you yeah. had to miss a couple weeks, and so you feel like I don't even really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, the messages, you know, are thirty maybe to forty minutes long. You can listen to that while you're on your way to work or on your way home yep. from work or at the gym, um, so that you have a context for where are we trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that those things could be helpful um, for you to just really make sure that you have an understanding of what we're trying to accomplish while we're together. That From there, I would say, as you look over the application questions, personally, I think the best way to prepare those is not just to read over them and not just to think like, what would my answer be to these questions? But as you're reading those, to even visualize your group sitting around the room and to think, who are the people that you maybe would like to see answer those questions? Not that you have to put everybody on the spot um, mm-hmm. because everyone's different, right? Yep. Um, if I'm the new person in the room, I don't especially want to get called on to answer in front of a whole bunch of strangers. That's not my personality. Mm-hmm. Some people love that. I don't. Um, but as you get to know your people and you know, I know that this is a question that you know Eric should really be answering today. Make a note of that on your guide, you know, make a note in your phone. I really want to hear Eric answer this question. And if he's not going to speak up, then I'm going to take the initiative to call on him. I don't think. Yeah. And I don't think we should be afraid to do that. You know, Um, people should should be comfortable enough with each other to know if I'm not going to open my mouth, this person is is going to draw something out of me. Um, so having thought through that ahead of time so that you're not trying to do that on the fly, yeah. but that you've really prayerfully thought through who would be really beneficial to hear from here, that also could potentially help you not only to draw in people who are maybe hesitant to jump into the conversation, but if you've already if you already have in mind, here are some people that I would like to hear from, it could help you quiet down people who tend to talk all the time and some of our groups have people like that you know it's just some people never want to talk and some people just have something to say about everything um so if you have if you start to develop a culture of getting everyone involved and you're gonna have to set that tone as the leader um that will start it with for some of those people to help them start to self-regulate right like oh he doesn't want to hear me open my mouth to every single question because he keeps calling on other people. So maybe I should mm-hmm. just wait a second and let somebody else speak up. Yeah. But again, if you've looked at those questions ahead of time and put some of that thought into it, you will feel, I think, less pressure and even less awkward in the moment while the conversation is unfolding. That's good. That's really good. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of great practical things that we can we can really do. And do you have like any um, just to to end this part, do you have any um, resources or anything that you ever use to, you know, maybe cross reference or look up other 
commentaries or anything like that. You know, I, that's like I feel like for people going the extra mile, they really want to learn um, more about the passage. Sure. Um, probably the best resource that I use actually is um, the study Bible that I have, I think is excellent. So we'll do a commercial. Um, the ESV study Bible is the one that I use. It's the English standard version. Um, and I like that not only because of the notes that it has, but that study Bible has like a whole stack of articles and resources Mm -hmm. that are in the back of it. Um, so that includes things like, um, how do we know that the Bible is reliable? Where did our Bible come from? Yeah. Um, how does Christianity compare and contrast with other major worldviews, other major religions? Um, what does the Bible have to say about hot topic issues like homosexuality? Uh, so there's quite a few things in there that I find useful on a regular basis, both with the movement group that I lead and with teaching high school kids all day, you know, invariably we deal with questions like that and it pulls together a lot of information and um, like scholarly research from all across the board and puts it in one place for you and is a really trustworthy source that I use a lot. Um, I think I would say that that's probably the biggest one that I use. There are other, you know, good commentaries and good sources out there. Um, it's honestly, if you're kind of in a bind, I think that Bible Gateway is sometimes an underutilized yeah. resource. Um, BibleGateway.com not only has all of scripture on there for you to look up in a variety of translations, but it also has quite a few different sources on there, different commentaries that you can access for free, um, different articles that you can read. So it, it And can, sometimes it's even good to just look at other versions of the Bible, I too. I would agree with compare, that, yeah, you know? instead of just reading it in the translation that you're the most familiar with. Yeah. So um, I think that... The, what I use on a regular basis, I would say, that would be those two things That's awesome. are kind of the easy places to go. There are lots of things out there. You know, you can do research in all kinds of different places. But if you're looking for kind of a starting point, I would say that those are good places to go. Great. Well, this has been awesome. I, I, I'm, I'm even reminded of different things as we're starting our group up for the fall. And, uh, you know, just to end our time here together, you know, I just you know, wanted to ask you if there's just, just one thing you wanted to leave our listeners with uh, for the this podcast, you know, whether it's just highlighting something you've already said or, you know, what is one thing that you want people to leave this podcast remembering about how to effectively lead and prepare for a group? What would that be? We've talked about it a couple of times now, um, but personally, in in my own life, I would say kind of in every arena of my life lately, I have been reminded of the importance of not only praying for people, but praying with people. Um, And in groups that I have been in and in groups that I have led, what happens a lot is we talk so long that now there's only 30 seconds for prayer at the end. And so we do just a basic... God, keep everybody safe on the way home, Mm -hmm. you know, give us a good Monday morning. And not that that's terrible, but if what we really are trying to develop, if what I'm really trying to develop is this connection and reliance on our God, then doesn't it make sense that we would spend time talking to him together? Yeah. So 
that's something that I've really been convicted of and challenged of challenged about lately in my mm-hmm. own life, um, both in a group context, you know, spending more time carving that out and doing that together and just in a personal kind of one on one thing. So as I'm having a conversation with somebody either during group time or just like in life in general mm-hmm. and someone is talking about like this has been really difficult or this has been really hard instead of saying, hey, I'm going to pray for you which I may or may not do depending on if I remember, but actually saying like, can I just take a minute and pray for you right now? Yeah. And the impact that that can have not only on the person that's being prayed for, but on me as well and my own heart and creating a habit of relying on God consistently throughout the course of my day through conversation with him. Like I said, it's been something that has just been on my heart and my mind a lot lately. And I keep thinking how different will my group be if and when I really make this a rhythm of the way that I mm-hmm. live my life, both during group time and outside of group time. So if our group leaders really took that seriously across the board, if we became men and women who were committed to that, that we were first and foremost people of prayer and that our people knew that about us, I think mm-hmm. what would happen in our groups, you know, and how much more would we grow and would we thrive? So I love that. It's like, and it gives it gives God an opportunity to show off too, because like if you prayed over someone at group that that night, and then that week God answered that prayer, and they connect like, wow, Sarah prayed over me, and like God answered my prayer a couple of days later. Like it really pr- gives a platform for Absolutely. God to show off, and that's Absolutely. a really cool thing. Well, cool. Thank you, Sarah, so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is me. the first one. You know, this is this has been pretty cool. Hopefully, uh, listeners out there, you guys have gotten something from this or. Um, you know, at least been encouraged or uh, motivated for the fall. Um, if you guys have any other questions, feel free to email me at joshhoward@movementcolumbus.com. Uh, we would love to hear more questions. Um, some of these questions, some of these topics that we are going to be talking about each month are from you guys. Um, in our last training, we had you write down things that you wanted to learn more about, be better um, as a leader. And uh, so we're going to talk through some of these topics. And so like I said, if you have any other questions, email me. Feel free to just let me know. And um, I also have another cool incentive. One thing I forgot to tell Sarah about is that for the first five movement group, first current five movement group leaders that listen all the way through and hear me saying this and actually email me saying that they heard me say this, you will get a $5 gift card to Starbucks. <gasps> do I get to do that? Wait, no. Wait. Wait, what do you mean? Do you get to get a $5 yeah. gift card? Well, maybe. Maybe since you're a guest. I listened to the whole thing. You did? I mean, I was here. Okay, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But yeah, if you are a current fall 2016 movement group leader or apprentice, and you are one of the first five that email me saying that you listened to this, you get a $5 gift card to Woo-hoo! Starbucks. You know, I'm not all about bribery, but, you know, sometimes I really want you works. to listen to this. You know, sometimes it does work. and. ultimately want you guys to learn and be the best you can as leaders so until next month october uh we will release the next topic here shortly um coming up but uh we love you guys and we're praying for you guys as leaders and we hope this fall treats you well and you guys see growth and fruit 